God before us, God beside us, God behind us, God above us. He also now between us, a bridge through which your truth may move. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Why and what if? Those are the questions for us today. When I was in Montgomery, I had a friend by the name of Truman Hobbs, and Truman was an incredible storyteller. And he told this one story about a woman whose name I forget. We'll call her Mrs. Jones, okay, just for story's sake. And she was, uh, had found this painting, and so she hung it above the fireplace. And one day her housekeeper was in there with her, and they were chatting a little bit, and she said, Mrs. Jones, that is a beautiful woman above the fireplace. Who is that? Is that a portrait of someone? That is just beautiful. Who is that woman? She's ravishing. And Mrs. Jones kind of got a little, little big chest, and she kind of stuck it out a little bit. She said, that's me. That's a portrait of me. And the housekeeper kind of looked down a little bit and shook her head. And she looked up at Mrs. Jones, and she said, Mrs. Jones, time's a real killer, ain't it? <laughs> now, Mrs. Jones, at that moment, could have stopped and engaged the questions of why and what if. Why had she aged this way? Why did I get these genes and my brother got the good genes? Why do women age like this and men age like that? And why don't I look like the woman down the street? She's 10 years older than me. And why and, why, and, and what if? What if I hadn't laid out in the sun back in the 70s? You know, I'd, be, I'd have skin like porcelain, right? I mean, what if I had done these other things? And then this wouldn't have happened to me, and why, and what if, and I may as well give up now. Why even take care of myself, right? Bring on the cake and everything else that's going on out there. Just put me in front of a sun lamp. That's, that's what we want right now. Why and what if? These are two killer questions in life. Because these questions can keep us from moving forward. These questions in many ways can freeze us right where we are. And we hunker down and try to answer these questions of why and what if. I am sure that many of you remember um, if you are married or have a brother or a sister who's married or your parents thinking about their wedding you think about a wedding with a couple standing on the edge of life together. Miracle of relationship has brought them together and now here they stand and they're looking out at the future and you know these questions are going through their minds. They go through all of our minds. Well, well what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or well, what if I'm, I do this and they don't love me anymore in 10 years? And what will the next 10 years be like? And what about this situation and that situation? And why? And ah! Makes you just want to sit down, doesn't it? And just stay right where you are. We had a birth in our parish recently. Marshall and Shay Speak had their baby Charlie. He is a beautiful baby. He's doing great. I can't wait for him to be here with all of us. And I am sure that in the midst of 
the wonder over the miracle of birth and the, the joy that was overflowing in that hospital room. When the baby was gone and it was dark again in that room, they thought, what if he doesn't go to college? What if, what if he flunks out of college? What if, will he get a good job? And what if we're terrible parents, not knowing that we're all, you know, we all make mistakes, right? What if we do something wrong? What if we ruin this child? And why did, did we do that? And why did we do that? And why didn't I do this when I was pregnant? And all of the things that go into it. And then the wives continue as they get older. Why did you say that to me? What, why do you do that? Did we, didn't we raise you better than that? Why did this happen? Go sit in your room and don't come out for 10 years. <laughs> why and what if? And all of us are filled with those questions at one time or another in our lives. And I'll bet that these questions were swirling around the church, or at least the apostles and the disciples gathered with them this day in church history. It's Pentecost. It is the birthday of the church. We wear red because that represents the fire of the Holy Spirit lighting us on fire, the Spirit in us and moving through us into the world. The disciples are gathered in Jerusalem. Their Lord, their Savior had been crucified. He had been resurrected. He was with them for 40 days and then he ascended back into heaven and left them again. Now he told them what was going to happen, right? I'm going to send my Spirit. But We're not good at waiting. I'm not good at waiting. I don't know about you. And I forget things. And I know the apostles forgot things. They forgot about half of what Jesus told them while he was with them. So I'm sure that they were sitting there thinking, why? Why did he leave us again? What if we can't do this? What if we fail? What if we're arrested? What if, and all of those questions are going about. They were celebrating the Feast of Weeks in Jerusalem which eventually became a festival giving God thanks for his creation, God's fidelity to his people in Torah. And so they are standing there, probably with all these questions going on, thinking about this festival that they've gathered for, and then all of a sudden it happens. A sound like a rush of violent wind comes among them, and then tongues like fire descend upon them, the gift of the Holy Spirit And then they began speaking in other languages, languages that they could understand, that all of the people there, even if they didn't speak the native tongue, could understand. Speaking about the deeds of God's power. Now two things happen at Pentecost. They tell an account of what happened, the works of God, the wonderful works of the divine in the world, in God's people. And God connects with your tongue, your experience, your language, how you understand things, where you are coming from, your place in the world today, not just 2,000 and some odd years ago, but you today. What is the language you understand? And the Holy Spirit connects with that. And if it doesn't, then all of the religious assertions that we make in the world will roll right off of your back. And this day will simply be remembering something that happened a long time ago and isn't happening in your life right now. Speaking to you where you are. The deeds of God's power. A God who is not the God of the possible. If it's possible, we can do it. 
but a God who specializes in the impossible, taking what was dead and bringing about new life, taking what seems forgotten and bringing about what is possible in the world and in our lives, has shown it throughout the history of his people. We talk about them tirelessly. They are rooted in history. But you know that those disciples are still filled with those questions. Why and what if? I mean, we know the stories and the deeds of God's power, but we forget them. In the midst of our trauma, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our darkness, we forget that promise of God that I will be with you until the end of the age, that promise of God that I will send my Holy Spirit to move in your heart and to move in the world. Why did this happen? Why did he leave us again? But God didn't entertain those questions, did God? I mean, not saying that God doesn't care about the whys and the what ifs. I think God cares deeply. That's why God met them right where they were. Right where they were in Jerusalem. He spoke to them in their own tongue. A word that they could understand. A word about God's power where they are. He breathed his peace and his direction And the Holy Spirit descended upon them to guide them and to give them strength. The Holy Spirit did not come and sit beside them and have an all-day session about why they were there. The Holy Spirit did not come and sit down with them and say, well, what if you had done something a little bit different ten years ago? Or what if maybe a year ago you had done this instead of that? Or why do you think that happened? That didn't happen, right? The Holy Spirit came and gave them power to put one foot in front of the other and to move out. The Holy Spirit cares about that. But God's business is always to call us from where we are. And grace always meets us where we are. Whatever darkness you find yourself in, whatever light, wherever you are, grace will meet you there. But grace will not leave you there. And the Holy Spirit picks them up and moves them to something new. God is always taking you from death to resurrection. From something that seems impossible to something that is impossible. From darkness to light. It's like the reading a couple of weeks ago from John's Gospel. John chapter 5 and the man who sat beside the pool for 38 years. To get in those pools of healing water. And Jesus shows up and he says, well, why do they always get in my way? And what if they didn't help me? I mean, or what if they did help me and I could get healed and all of the things. I've been here for 38 years and 38 years I've done this and 38 years. Not that Jesus didn't care about that. But Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Then pick up your mat and walk. And I will help you. And I will give you strength. The waiting is the hardest part. And we want to wait for the right moment. Forgetting the promise of God. We want to wait until we have the right skills or until we're older or until we're younger or until we're thinner or until we're fatter or until we're this or we're that. And then 38 years passes and we're wondering why we're still standing beside the pool of healing. We're wondering why the world is filled with darkness and why the world so desperately needs people of light and filled with the Spirit. God didn't call us to safety. 
God called us into a dangerous world to be children of a living, loving God to bring light into that darkness. And when we show up, it's as simple as showing up. How do you think this church has been here for 175 years? People showed up knowing that they would meet God here that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and strengthened to go back out into the world, whether they felt like it or not. They came, and they walked, and they continued walking. And when they couldn't walk, they leaned on their neighbors and those they loved to say, help me. When I have to cross my fingers during the creed, I need you to help me. I need you to say it for me. How'd you make it through 50 years of marriage? I showed up. Even when I didn't want to, I showed up. How'd you make it through four years of college? I showed up. You show up, a professor will at least give you a C, right? That's what my parents told me. (laughs) We show up and we remember that the Holy Spirit is in us. And this day we celebrate that not as an event that happened in history, but as an event that is happening and moving right here in your life, wherever you are. Moving in you and through you to transform the world around you. And we stand this day on the brink of something. Every single person in this nave stands on the brink of something. I don't care whether you're young or whether you consider yourself old, whether you think that you don't have the intelligence or whether you don't think you have the strength or whether you can't do this or you can't do that. You're on the brink of something. Is it college? Is it middle school? Is it a new job? Is it an old job that has fallen apart? Is it a relationship that's in trouble? Is it a relationship that's burgeoning and wonderful? What do you stand on the brink of today? There's a great commercial. I have it on my computer. It's old, a few years old. And it, is, uh, it starts in a gymnasium. And if you've ever been in a gym and dribbled a basketball, it sounds like bombs are going off. You know, it's like dome, 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 echoing everywhere. It's all you can hear. And so you hear this basketball, lone basketball, dribbling. And then you see the basketball going up and down. And then you hear this man's voice talking with strength and talking with speed. And he says, I'm too fast. I'm too slow. It will make me smell bad. I'm allergic to stuff. I may exert myself too much. I feel bloated. I have a bad case of the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays. It's too dark. It's too light. It's too cold. I didn't get enough sleep. It's not in my genes. I don't want to slow you down. And then at the end, you see this basketball get slammed down. And this voice says, man. My feet hurt. Then the camera pans out, and it's a man in a wheelchair dressed in basketball attire, and he wheels off the basketball court. And it was Matt Scott, a star basketball player in the Special Olympics. I don't know about you, but I am plagued by questions of why and what if. I can't help myself. I don't know about you, 
But what I do know, what I do know and I'm willing to stake my life on it, is that God has given us the promise of the Holy Spirit and that Spirit moves this day in your life, in my life, in this church, in this world. And God is calling us all to something new, to new life. And the good news is that the Holy Spirit will help us to discern that and what that looks like and to give us strength and to lead us if we lean in to that. Why should we do it? Why should we listen? Why should we follow? What if we fail? From the words of the psalmist, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. God is with us. God is for us. Let's trust him. And let's just do it. Amen.